to really be honest with ourselves with from mm. where we got this from. Like, yeah, what is the heart motive behind it? And I talk about that too because it has to be, Lord, I'm trying to do what's pleasing to you. Mm-hmm. And when God is Lord of your life, yeah, every aspect of your life looks like it. Mm-hmm. And as a single woman, you know, I had to have these conversations. So this book is kind of like a sneak peek into the conversations that I had to have with myself and with God. Because it's like, if God is Lord of your life, then he's Lord of your life. But you can't be like, Jesus is the Lord of my life and he's not even the Lord of your closet. Ooh. Welcome to the Mommy Mogul Podcast. If you're looking for a place to get real about balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship, if being part of a community of successful, purposeful, and faith-filled entrepreneurs and mommy moguls sounds like the right place for you, then come on in, sis. Have a seat. Get comfortable because you have found your place and you have found your people. So I'm Shawnee Faye, the Mommy Mogul Mentor, and I am breaking the mold and helping moms ditch the nine-to-five grind. So today we have Nakia Young. Nakia, welcome. Welcome. So (laughs) tell us all a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Shani. Oh, thank you for being here. Thank you. So my name is Nakia Young. I am a certified master life coach, author, speaker, and all around just renaissance woman I guess that's what it sounds like (laughs) that's what it sounds like for sure so what is um so you said you're a speaker and you're an author right so we will make sure that we include you know your book a link to your book in the show notes so that everybody can get access to that um but tell us a little bit about what your book is about so I have a couple of books that I've written one book that I wrote in 2017 is called Virtue Chic Classy mm-hmm. takes center stage, and it is all about what it means to be a virtuous woman in the 21st century, what that mm-hmm. looks like. Uh, and it gives you different coaching prompts at the end of each chapter. It's amazing. I wrote it with Christian millennial women in mind, okay. and even like Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another book that I recently released with several co-authors we all got together and put out a project the visionary for that was uh, Patrice Sterling and it was called um, the mom's truth it's over there I'll show it to you but the mom's truth so it was just a collective of stories of all of our experiences as mothers Mm -hmm. and my chapter was called mothering while motherless oh yeah so I talked about my experience of um, just dealing with grief. I lost my mother when I was 14 years old, but for some reason, which is, it makes a lot of sense when you think Mm -hmm. about it. When I became pregnant with my first child, it was like a whole wave of grief hit me as if she had just passed. Right. Um, And so I talked about that and how I dealt with that kind of depression um, and just how I do different things to honor her during my motherhood journey and yeah. keep her legacy alive. So it was a really good book and it became an Amazon bestseller. So, nice. Yeah. 
Hey, before we get too far into the episode, I want to tell you about the Breakaway Calculator. This thing is absolutely amazing. Not only will it tell you how to reverse engineer your number so that you can make sure that the math is math in and that you are meeting your income goals for the year, but it also tells you what you need to have in your offer suite because you can't sell what you don't have, right? It also gives you a price point for each of those, like an ideal price point. But if you want to change it up, girl, do your thing. It's all you, okay? So not only does it break it down yearly for you, but it also breaks it down monthly and quarterly so that you can make sure that the math is mathing all the way through the year and help you to stay on track. If you want to get a copy of that, go to calculator.breakawayblueprint.com. All right, back to the episode. Oh, well, we'll definitely have to link both of your books down there (laughs) because they seem like definitely something that everybody should be reading and getting into. So especially if they're on their motherhood journey, right? Mm -hmm. That's definitely something. But I'm very curious about the virtuous woman for the 21st century. Yeah. So like, ideally, what does that look like? So I got that book here. It's on my desk. Virtuous chic. I love it. Mm -hmm. So that is all about... Just challenging some things that we were told about what that should look like mm-hmm. in church. Um, and then just talking about it's like, okay, myth versus reality. And yeah. then not being so impacted by the culture. Mm-hmm. I feel that that's something that we all as Christians have to be aware of. That we keep in focus that we're in the world and not of it. And so it's just one of those things where all things are lawful, but not expedient. Um, But it's really good. I talk about it. I share it in a humorous way. Yeah. Talking about all different aspects that you need to worry about having on point your relationship with God, Mm -hmm. uh, your relationship with friends. I have a whole chapter on how to choose friends wisely. Um, Of course, we talk about fashion and dress. uh, And then just finding your purpose. Right. We talk about relationships because you can't not talk about relationships. (laughs) Exactly. If you have a book, you know, addressing Christian millennial women, it's like, what about dating? So I share my whole testimony of, excuse me, my relationship with my husband and how that came about and how at one point in my single season, I just said, I refuse to date anymore. I just refuse. I said, I um, date in the traditional sense of how mm-hmm. the world looks at dating. Yeah. Where you just go out with this one and that one and, you know, kind of like speed mm-hmm. dating kind of thing. Like you just book your calendar for weeks on out and date as many people as you can and yeah, get experience. And I was like, yeah, no. Uh, that. Um, no shade to anyone who does that. But I just was like, I don't want my time wasted. I want to be very intentional about dating. Yeah. (laughs) My own steak dinner. I don't need that. Like I, I'm not dating. The next person I'm going to date is going to be my husband and that's it. Yeah. My family was just like, well, how's that going to work? And I'm like, I don't know, but it is because that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to team up with God and he's going to let me know when it's the right person. And he's going to let that person know when I'm the right person and then we're going to enter into courtship mm-hmm. and then we're going to get married. That's Ooh, what preach girl. Say that again. <laughs> I love it. Courtship. I, like, yes. I had never seen it done before, but I was like, I don't care. Yeah. You're just like, you're going to be single for a long time. That's okay. But I did. And that's where I was. Honestly, that's where I was. And it only takes to me, it only takes one 
bad relationship or one like really big heartbreak mm-hmm. for me. I was like, oh, ouch. Okay, we won't do that again. <laughs> yeah. Won't do that again. Yeah. Um, and I and I didn't I like from nineteen ninety-nine, there was a brief situation where I dated someone for like four months in two thousand three, but he didn't last long because I prayed one of the most dangerous prayers you can pray as a single woman. Okay. Okay. Well you share the prayer. Because as a single woman, I would love to be dangerous. <laughs> This is one of the most dangerous prayers you can pray as a single woman, okay? Mm-hmm. This is one of those, don't pray this prayer unless you're truly ready for the answer. Okay. And that is, Lord, if this is not the person, I need you to show me mm. now. Yeah. And sometimes, Lord, I can be kind of slow. So <laughs> if the flag is pink and not crimson, I may not catch it. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, you may need to send a parade of red flags marching like this, maybe. But whatever you need to do, God, I'm willing. Just show me. Don't let me walk into a situation that is not your best for me. <sighs> so uh, I think I prayed that 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 prayer, that prayer, like he showed his tail within 48 hours of me praying that prayer. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, yeah. was that okay? Well, we're just gonna keep on. A week later, he did something else. I was like, oh. and then it just kept being, and then I finally just broke up with him via text message because it was that bad. I was like, <laughs> you are cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, like no. Mm-mm. Well, let and me I didn't tell you anybody else until I met my husband. And, and, you know, we had not, we knew each other from college, but we got reacquainted and we entered into courtship, and then we got engaged and we got married. It happened exactly how I said it was going to happen, and I talk about all of that in the book. Yeah. Um, so basically, don't let people think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to do things God's way? Yeah. Doing his things his way is a lot better than anything we can cook up on our own absolutely and so yeah that's what i talk about in the book well I'm <laughs> talk about triggered because as you're talking about that prayer i didn't even realize but i've said that prayer before my mm-hmm. um both of my girls have the same father and i'm i try to be very transparent about it even though it's a very dark, dark time in my life And I remember I'm on I-95. I lived in Florida at the time and I'm driving towards his house and I'm in the car and I'm just I'm talking to God. And I'm like, listen, if this person Mm -hmm. is not for me, because we already got, you know, we already had one child. I didn't even realize I was pregnant with our second child at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, if this person is not for me, I need you to make it clear. And sometimes, you know, I like to negotiate. Right. (laughs) I like to negotiate. That well, maybe he meant this God, and it wasn't that, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. And so I need you to make it plain. I need you to make it clear. And I always say that God literally slapped me upside the head with the answer yeah. because that yeah. very night he hit me, oh, and like wow. yeah, he was physically abusive. And I was actually like holding my daughter at the time, like she was in my arms, wow. and I was like, okay, God, like I'm not going back. Yeah. I'm not going back. Wow. So that you're right. That is a very dangerous prayer. 
Because if you want, like, if you're not looking to know the truth, if you're still, like, lingering, if you're still going to say, well, God, I hear you, and you're just going to flat out be disobedient, mm-hmm. it's one thing to be unclear about right. what God is telling you. But when you pray a prayer like that, and he sends a word, he sends a message, you know you got to go. There's Absolutely. no more room for negotiating. At that point, you're just being disobedient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So, wow, I definitely gave all the tea on that. Um. Hey, ladies, I know that you're enjoying the episode, and so I will not take too long of a time. I just wanted to talk to you guys. I'm on my way to go pick up my daughters from school, and I want to talk to you really quickly about how you can make the change and kick your nine to five in the butt and let it all go and work from home, doing exactly what you love, using everything that you already know. So the one of the biggest hurdles for me was really trying to figure out like how am I going to replace my income? Like how much money do I need to make this thing happen? What exactly is my quit budget? So I'm going to help you out. If you need to figure out exactly how you can replace your income, what that number looks like, how many people will it take for me to get to that point? I got you sis. So go ahead and go to www dot mommymogomentor.com and sign up right now and for absolutely free I will give you your breakaway calculator to tell you exactly how much you need to fire your job love you and shout out to you for getting out of that situation I hate oh, that you had to go through that but yeah like if anybody that's out there listening is having someone who is and then here's the other thing too mm-hmm. if they're not hitting you yeah. But they are verbally abusive. They're oh, yeah. using their voice at mm-hmm. you. They are belittling you. They're making you feel small. Mm-hmm. It is only a matter of time. Exactly. You don't have to wait for it to escalate to the point of physical violence. Mm-hmm. Because emotional and verbal violence is just as bad. Yeah. 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 And mental and mental abuse. like Because it doesn't just start at like... You know, one day they wake up and they're like, oh, I'm going to lay hands on her. It doesn't just start there. It always is a gradual process. So they isolate you or they make you feel like, you know, like you're not good enough. You need me to validate you. you yeah. And that's part of that emotional and you mm-hmm. know, mental abuse. So when you start seeing the signs, just walk away. Just leave. Yeah. Don't yeah. I remember, like, don't walk, run. Run. <laughs> run away from that situation because there's healing that they, and it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. I wanna I wanna make that clear. They did a very bad thing, but a lot of us do bad things. Mm-hmm. I just I think it's that they have some healing to do and you don't need to be the thing that gives them a reason to be worse or not to deal yeah. with themselves. You, you don't know? want to enable them. Yeah, and then now you need something to heal from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's just better just let him go. Heal. God, that's God's. That's God's problem. <laughs> it's not yours. It's not your responsibility. That's important for people to know. So wow, I didn't even think that that was going to come up. But that's why I love having these conversations because you never know what's going to come out of it. You know, mm-hmm. you never know. So I definitely, I'm going to read your book. <laughs> I'm going to go on Amazon and buy that because that is, yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. And for us to know, you know, like you said, as, you know, Christian millennial women, like even you being so specific on how we should dress and how Mm -hmm. we should, you know, carry ourselves, because there's a lot of controversy over that, too. You know, 
the Megan Goods of the world, like, and how, did, have you seen that video where the person, like, completely shamed her when she was still married to Devon Franklin? I remember that video. Wow. I do. Um, I remember that video, and I felt really bad for her mm-hmm. in that moment. Um, but then his response wasn't helpful. And what I, what I mean by that is mm-hmm. he said something. She's going to wear whatever she wants to wear in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. That is a very harmful yeah. response. Mm-hmm. You can wear whatever you want to wear, but that's in the spirit of self. Right. Not in the name of Jesus. Not in the name of Jesus. Am I going to have my tatas out? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I understood at the moment because he's defending his wife because mm-hmm. this just like blindsided her with this question, like, or this comment, and it was rude, and he was defending his wife in his in that moment. But in that moment, that statement, saying it that way, yeah, just kind of like, all right, you know, you dipped into the flesh because that was a very fleshly statement. Yeah. Um, we don't. You know, I didn't think about it that way, but that's actually a very good point. You know, like I. What I heard was like him, you know, defending his wife and it was like, all right, that's good. And she's over there crying and I felt so hurt for her. But you're absolutely right. That is very dangerous because then it gives people who are listening who may not have the same type of discernment. Right. It gives them the impression that like, oh, yeah, I can wear whatever I want and it's in the name of Jesus. Well, no, (laughs) no, no, you really can't. I mean, where God's still going to love you, Jesus still going to love you, you know, but yeah, maybe not um, in the name of. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Maybe not. God gave me this body, so I'm going to show it off. Like, be careful. And we have to really be honest with ourselves with Mm. where we got this from. Like, what is the heart motive behind it? And I talk about that too because. It has to be, Lord, I'm trying to do what's pleasing to you. Mm-hmm. And when God is Lord of your life, yeah, every aspect of your life looks like it. Mm-hmm. And as a single woman, you know, I had to have these conversations. So this book is kind of like a sneak peek into the conversations that I had to have with myself and with God. Because it's like, if God is Lord of your life, then he's Lord of your life, but you can't be like Jesus is the Lord of my life and he's not even the Lord of your closet. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Truth hurts, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. And we have all these reasons why we justify stuff because we're just like, I'm just trying to be cute. And if that guy is looking, that means that he's not in a good relationship with God. It don't happen. Nessus. Yeah. Take oh, take responsibility for yourself. Take responsibility. Yeah, it's not about like what would, you want to be pleasing to God. You don't want to be, and you don't also want to volunteer as tribute to be mm-hmm. a tool that Satan uses to mm-hmm. cause another brother to stumble. Right. Oh, you know? um, and it takes Christian brothers to truly understand that. If you've yeah. got some true brothers in Christ that will give you the real. And just how much they struggle every summer when the spirit of nakedness comes upon <laughs> these girls and they just not, not the spirit of nakedness. Spirit of nakedness, that naked demon. 
<laughs> if it's a bathing suit, wear the rest of it. Like, <laughs> I mean, they literally do two things. Like, it could be women or it could be men that got delivered from a porn addiction and they're walking in their victory and they just wanted to go in 7-Eleven to pick up some snacks. And here they come, bouncing, <laughs> jiggling with nothing on. And now... They have to all out. Yeah, I mean, they talk about they have to look down at the floor and they're just like, oh, you know, they're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, and people will be like, well, that's how that's not my responsibility. That's his problem. It's just like, I don't know what my child is doing upstairs. He's like, he's like moving furniture. Wow, this is a Molly podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Like in my last episode, listen, I, I literally had to like yell at the kids because they came in, they let the dog in here. I'm like, can you get the dog out? And I, I was gonna like cut it out of that episode and I was like, nah, I'll leave it in because that's real life. Yeah, that's, that's real so life. Because I'm just like, what are you doing, child? <laughs> anyway, but yeah. <laughs> I I thought. I'm just like, what are you okay? We were talking about the brothers in Christ. <laughs> and but like, you don't want to be the person that causes that yeah. for somebody. Yeah. Um, because you just selfishly woke up and just decided you were going to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, didn't have any regard for how your actions were going to impact anybody around you. Right. And we let certain people, you know, celebs or different people that we look up to, hype our head up to do this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like at some point if you are calling yourself a christian you know called out sold out for god Mm -hmm. spirit-filled believer at some point spoiler alert at every point um, (laughs) god's word and his will is gonna have to be more important than the culture yeah you know Mm-hmm. We should not. We should not look like the rest of the world. Yeah. Now. And that's why we are supposed to be set apart. Yeah. So if you're trying to blend in, then how are you trying to be set apart? Then you're not accepting as your Lord and Savior. You can say the words, right? But there actually has to be a belief that, like, this is what I am doing. So, like, for me, I don't. You know, I don't dress crazy I, I usually have on very conservative clothing my kids are always like okay mom it's cute because i'm going nowhere if i ain't cute but still very conservative but one thing my mouth mm, i struggle with <laughs> Ooh, i struggle with that mouth like sometimes it's just the words come out I'm like oh i wish i could take that back I, wish I, I got better with my mouth. I'm going to make you feel a little better. My problem okay. is my face. My face does whatever it wants. <laughs> and I will just be, I'm not one of those people who has a poker face, Shiny. I don't. Yeah. I don't. And I have a baby mm-hmm. upstairs right now who is just like me. Oh. Um, and she's three. <laughs> so she doesn't say a whole, like, you know how three-year-olds, they talk. <laughs> you understand about 25% of whatever they're saying. Um, (laughs) But you always know how she's feeling. Yeah. Because her face is going to tell you. Like, she'll just be like, like, what was this for? You know, or 
if she's happy, she's happy. If she's over it because she's just tired and her brother is trying to play with her and she doesn't want to be bothered, she'll just be like, <laughs> he's like, oh, you're so cute. She's just like, <laughs> and I'm like, like, I don't, I don't want to. I'm not. Whatever this is, immediately no, no, immediately no, <laughs> no. Like, and I, I promise, like, she's the baby version of me and I can't get mad because I'm like this I your kids will reflect you back to yourself. <laughs> Who are you telling? Okay. So I was telling you earlier about, you know, my daughter and how she be testing me. And I am just like I can't say I don't know where she got it from because <laughs> and they're like the factory upgrade of you. So whatever you were like you're like just like oh god yeah that is a perfect way to put it the factory upgrader yes Mm -hmm. like this is shawnee 2.0 right so i'm trying to figure it out because i'm like i don't got the manual for this one you know i don't know know fix it jesus fix it (laughs) and then the other one my other daughter, she's a lot like my brother, actually. Okay. So she's very like quiet and super chill. And I'm like, well, just just Jesus, because like I can't I can't handle two. Okay? I can't handle two. <laughs> like, please, Jesus, just you already know my my limits, and 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 I'm pushed past. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's so funny because okay, so we're talking about like my flip mouth and your and I don't cuss people out anymore. So at least I've grown from that on yeah, and just cussing people out. But sometimes, sometimes the words, I'm just like, oh, my God, Johnny, stop, you know. <laughs> and, and, so, and then coupling that with like you talking about your facial expressions, it immediately made me think about emotional intelligence. You know, this big word that's going around. Yeah. And I'm like, is emotional intelligence, a.k.a. be fake? Like, I don't understand what. So what does that mean to you? Emotional intelligence. Oh, and I'm looking around because I had a book that um, I'm going to step out the frame real quick. Okay. <laughs> um, do you follow doc- Dr. Darius Daniels? Um, I have seen some of his work. I've seen some of his work, but like read books and stuff like that. No. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this book is called Relational Intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically the people skills you need for the life of purpose you want. This mm. book, I feel like even though it's called relational intelligence, it talks a lot about what it means to be emotionally intelligent. Because mm. you if you're gonna have good relationships and be relationally intelligent, you by default have to be yeah. emotionally intelligent. Um, you're not a person who is ruled by their emotions. So if we're gonna think about a biblical example of somebody who was an emotional hothead, mm-hmm. It would be Peter. Like if it was like if I was a disciple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just God still used him in a mighty way, but mm-hmm. Peter was from the west side of the kingdom. Like Peter <laughs> was not <laughs> his emotions, like um yeah so just being able to know how to emotional intelligence too to me is like you're in tune you're self-aware 
Yeah. Of your emotions. And um, you are able to read the emotions of other people well, too, because mm-hmm. you're aware of your own and it makes you aware of being a good judge of character in people and how to interact with people. Yeah. People skills are really important. The lack of people skills is why we are in the midst still of this great resignation trend because a lot of bosses have really good leadership skills or I shouldn't say leadership skills because obviously if their employees are quitting, they're not good leaders, but right. like all the other skills that you talk about, like the degree, like they know how to do the thing. They have the skill skills, but they don't have emotional, relational intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> treating people any old kind of way, they're not mm-hmm. in tune with their own emotions. And so they don't even care to try to be in tune with anyone else's. Right. And it's really at the highest levels, too, because like um, where I worked, my boss, I could see that he was under pressure because he was trying to please those who are above his boss. Right. And then his boss is then trying to please his boss. And I'm like, but when are any of you going to realize that you will lose your entire team entire. if you don't change? Y'all going to be in here working by yourself. By yourself. All by yourself. Yeah. Because at this point, everybody's like, mm, I'm going to go work for Google because Google got nap pods. Like they care about people, you know, like <laughs> when you see. And my point to that is that when you see that there is better, mm-hmm. when you see that there are companies who are actually taking actions towards like creating better work environments yeah. and you're not, then yeah. you can't really. I mean, I, I remember at one um, one commission meeting the commissioner said, um, well, if they want to leave, then let them leave because I'm not interested in anybody who just wants to jump ship. And I thought, oh, you are so out of touch because it's not people just wanting to jump ship. It's people who have been trying to hold on to the sides of this boat. And it's like the Titanic. It is going down. Yeah. And if you don't see that, then you're not giving them a reason to stay. So I think more employers need to give people a reason to stay, incentivize them. You know, if if you can't financially, you know, if the budget does not allow to give them a financial raise or, you know, a financial incentive to stay, then maybe give training, right? Training opportunities on how they can create a side hustle to supplement that income. Don't be afraid that, oh, they're going to, you know, take that side hustle and they're going to run. Like, but if you gave them the opportunity, it might make them actually more, um, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brain fart. But they might be more inclined to be like, well, no, I'm going to stay because this company actually cares about me. They couldn't give me the money because the budget wouldn't allow, but they gave me a resource. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to me, that can speak louder than raise you might give them because then they're going to turn around and go another one because if you give them a raise you're going to give them more work to do too let's be real about that mm-hmm. the raise ain't coming for free it's not because of what you've been doing it's because I'm about to give you more to do so. that part yeah that part yeah mm. <sighs> so you are a full-time entrepreneur right I am yes. okay and you're working from home and you're also homeschooling mm-hmm. so okay I definitely want to talk about the homeschooling <laughs> because oh my gosh just the way that things are going in our society the way that these schools are set up I'm not here for it yeah it's crazy it's getting crazier and it's getting crazier that's the scary part right like everything is getting crazier and people are watching it go down in a great blaze and they're like that can't really happen it is happening 
So, you know like, what I feel you- like? I feel like, remember that scene in the Titanic where, like, the boat is, like, sinking <laughs> and the band is just over there just playing yeah. their music? Yeah. yeah. That's like, what I feel like. <laughs> we're just going to keep playing. Like, okay. It's really sinking, but <laughs> let's just enjoy a nice little ditty as we all drown. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to fight to get on a boat or not. We're not going to try to fight and save the situation. We are just going to continue our day as if nothing is happening. Yeah. Like nothing's happening. And it's very, um, it's very sad because like, I just moved here from Florida. I've lived in Florida my entire life. And I'm not sure if you're aware of what our, the great um, governor of Florida is doing, but because of this critical race theory conversation, and I understand it's very, you know, it's taboo for some people like, ooh, do we want to talk? But it's history, right? It's history. This is a thing that happened. It's not like you can, you know, like America can just go in. I'm just going to wash my dress and get rid of the blood stains. Like, no, yeah, we can still see it. Your dress is still dirty, but at least people know why the stains are there, you know? So they don't want to have the conversation. So they're taking all the books. They want to take all the books related to that topic out of schools. So now there's whole communities that are not being served by the library because the library would rather close down than to, you know, put the books back on the shelves because, you know, a a judge said you got to put the books back. Like put them back, and they're like, well, we're just gonna close. I mean, I'm just like, how did we get here? How did we get here? How did we get here? Um, and critical race theory. I'm just kind of like, what is the theory? Can somebody spell out for me? <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm just like, I feel yeah. like it's turned into one of those words like woke. Yeah. Now, Woke was like a slang term invented by us that Mm -hmm. has somehow been weaponized against us. Um, But basically how we always talked about it in the African-American community was um, either one of two ways. Woke was meant for like, don't sleep, be Mm -hmm. aware of what's going on. Right. Stay woke. Yeah. So so when I hear people say we don't want to be woke, it's like, so do we want to all be asleep? And, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a very, yeah. it's a valid question. You know? Question. Yeah. But then the other way we used it was like, if we had our cousin Ray Ray or something that like mm-hmm. went away to the penitentiary and then all of a sudden he came out and he's all woke. Like he's trying to like, you know, Drop. Remember the skit that used to be on the Living Color, where the guy used to just be like, you know, trying to say all this stuff and sound all smart, like he uh-huh. got enlightenment, but like literally everything he would be saying would be pure gibberish, and it only, <laughs> it only made sense to him. And then he had on like all the African stuff, like, yeah, I'm woke, like. So that's like kind of how we use it, either in the serious sense or in yeah. the joke sense like you don't want to be fake woke thinking you got all this brand new knowledge and stuff Mm -hmm. so to me um an example of that kind of woke is how all of a sudden sorry i'm getting over a cold y'all so y'all like why is she sniffling (laughs) healed in jesus name Um, (laughs) so like all of a sudden we've used the bathroom the same way our whole lives yeah. You look down at your hardware and based on what's down there, 
girls go in this bathroom and boys go in this bathroom. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that's like wrong, you yeah. know, and we're trying to come up with all of this, these different potty options. And it's just like, why, you know, mm-hmm. um, to me, that would be an example of being woke when you're just trying to fix stuff that's not broken. Yeah. But then now they're trying to expand that term to include um, anytime someone is trying to make a situation more inclusive mm-hmm. of people of color. Oh, they've gone woke. <laughs> Hmm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Oscars are there. They have like a black host. Oh, they've gone woke. As if black people have not always been around, right? What? To participate yeah. in things. It's like, oh, there's a black person. We've been here. I don't understand. Like, why? So, what? Mm-mm. It's being used as a way to try to just edge us out of stuff that yeah. we're still fighting to be equally represented in in the first doggone place so now it's just like y'all really just don't want us to have nothing like that's basically what you're saying and i am in a position politically Mm -hmm. and we won't camp on politics child because oh that'll be a whole other (laughs) in the culture that we're in right now i feel politically homeless Oh, me too. Like, I'm, I'm not swearing. I'm not on anybody's team. Child, mm-hmm. when the election season rolls around, I'll be making the that's so raven face like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because I know exactly the face. <laughs> I, I'm like, I definitely am not down with like some of the stuff, yeah. a lot of the stuff that Democrats are pushing into. Like, they're pushing a lot of agendas that are not God, just for right. not God, just yeah. antichrist stuff. And it's just meant to get them votes. It's meant yeah. to get them votes because they recognize, oh, there's a certain demographic of people who, you know, they want us to to buy into whether they're, they're male, female, whatever, right? Because the, the L, you know, it keeps getting longer and longer, right? But that group keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And so they're trying to accommodate that group. Mm-hmm. And I get it. But I just now I no longer fit in, you know. I no longer. It's like okay, so what? What camp am I in? You know, very moderate, very very. I feel moderate. like yeah, because I feel like you know, okay, everybody has a right to be what they want to be. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to agree, but people have the right to be who they are, which right. is fine. But all of the stuff that you all are doing to try to force different, like I don't know how it is where you are, but in Chicago. They mm-hmm. have made LGBTQ history classes a graduation requirement. Mm-hmm. They have um, all this um, comprehensive sex education that they that they quietly slipped in under the radar during the pandemic when nobody was paying attention, and then all of a sudden it was like effective immediately at the top of this school year back in the fall. It was on the schedule. Like, you have to take these classes in order to graduate. Why? And see, and that's what gets me. That should be elective where if there's children who want to study that, they can. Right, right. But 
my child who doesn't have anything to do with that should not be made to have to take those classes in order to get his or her diploma. No. And the thing is, like you said, everybody has a right to be who they want to be, how they want to be. But I also have the right to not buy into it. I don't have to agree with you. And Mm -hmm. so, and I think that's what a lot of people forget about this great, you know, freedom of speech is that everybody has it, not just you. Right. right. Not just you and you holding steadfast to your beliefs. And I am, you know, a Zer or a, they got a lot. They, them, whatever, you know, yeah. you got every right. But if I still see you as a woman or I still see you as a man, then that should be OK. I shouldn't have to. Well, OK, that's what they want me to. So I have to call them that. I just. I would just rather not call you if that's okay. Like, I don't want people asking me what my pronouns are. I refuse. I, I, I want to be called something else. I'll tell you. Don't yeah. have these little drop down menus forcing me to put my pronouns yeah. there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, I refuse. They asked me on Instagram and I was like, we're not answering that question. They're just like, guess what you think. <laughs> I do. I don't. And I see that even like in um, in professional workspaces where they'll have it at the end of their name, you know, and because they just they want to be. And I don't know if it's just in a mindset that, well, I want them to know that I, I support them. Well, I honestly don't know that I support that. I mean, it makes it awkward for everybody. I feel like yeah. the option should be where if somebody wants to be called something else then they can let it be known that they want to be called something else. Yeah. As opposed to forcing everybody to list pronouns or to do, it's just different stuff that I don't agree with. Then on the other side, so people would say based on that, Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that I'm also a licensed minister, my beliefs tend to be more conservative leaning. Mm -hmm. But then, child, you go over there, and then they're trying to get rid of everything, yeah. you know, that has to do with my history. I wake up in black skin every day. Every day. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's no, in a perfect world, it would be a balanced school of thought that would take some of the good things from the Democratic side and some of the good things from the conservative side, and there would be a someone we could vote for that has that balanced school like independent candidates would be you know able to win the office but the way of the culture here in the u.s independent candidates they never win right and because of you know um how the media drives everything it makes people feel like they have to pick a side yeah and i don't like that yeah yeah so like I, after um, after Trump left office, I refused to watch CNN because I swear for the four years that he was in office, every single day I was like obsessed with CNN. What did he do today? What happened? I need to know how's my life going to change. <laughs> like, I wanted to know all the things and it was not healthy. It was yeah. not healthy. So yeah. when he left yeah. office, I was like, OK, yeah. we could take a little break. But then I hear, you know, I hear things going on and I'm like, but I'm not going back. To, I'm not going back to CNN. I ain't going to BBC. I ain't going to NBC. None of them. I don't want none of them. None of no. Them. I don't watch. <laughs> find out and like I'll pop on and catch little news here and there. Um, 
because it's like as crazy as that whole term was of his, mm-hmm. I really don't feel like we're any better off with Biden. Yeah, I, I don't like, agree. I feel like then the media is a lot more friendly toward him, um, and our economy is tanking. Mm-hmm. All around the world, people are ditching the U.S. dollar. Like yeah. our dollar is not going to be worth the paper it's printed on. Yeah. So the inflation that we're seeing where eggs are dang near $10 a dozen and gas prices are creeping back up, get ready for that to get a lot worse before yeah. better because this whole BRICS currency and all of that that's going on. Yeah, and this Fed Now thing where now yeah. they're getting into the... I'm like, know, Jesus, the if, the rapture, if the rapture is coming tomorrow, just say that. Like. Yeah. Just yes. tell me, okay, so I can prepare yes. myself. <laughs> wow, like, yeah. oof. Anyway, yeah, but it yeah. is. Um, it is very scary what's going on, and it's very um, disheartening that like there's so many people who see it. You know, they see it, and they're still acting like we're in a pot, like we're in a frog, you know, yes. like a frog in a pot, and we're slowly <laughs> turning it up. But we're not slowly turning it up. Like we're, they literally are throwing Whoa. us in. To boiling water and what? we're just like whoa it's hot it's hot it's hot it's hot <laughs> and we jump out and we're like whoo it's cool and it's always like we're like it's hot it's hot you know and it's like this yeah. this vicious repeat cycle yeah that we don't seem to be you know turning away from it i'm just honestly i'm at a loss i'm like i don't even know what to do and how do i navigate my kids through this process which is really one of the reasons why i'm like i gotta get my kids out of there i gotta get my kids out of the school system because one like first of all first of all as my kids are 10 and 12 and they are way too young to be trying to figure out who they like what they like what yeah. they are it's a lot for me to navigate it's <laughs> okay. a lot it's a lot yeah. and i don't want to teach them like i'm because there's also that like tiptoeing that line of like okay well if you if you hold fast to what you believe is that teaching them to a degree to like be dismissive of other people or you know with some some people say oh well that's just hateful if you're not acknowledging those other people but I but I have to hold true to what I believe and I don't believe that there's multiple genders I believe that there's two there's two there's two (laughs) like you're you're a dude or you're a girl there's proof right if you owe and you if you go and you alter that that's fine but I don't know. Like, you can't tell me. My child shouldn't be forced to learn something that's against the values that we have in our household. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So I have a big problem with forcing that kind of stuff into the textbooks while simultaneously pulling history about people with our skin color out of textbooks. Right. And that's factual, right? Like, this is... This is appeasing, there's no scientific basis for this other thing that they're trying to do. But there is like factual history to support what they're trying to take out. So you're, like you say, you're taking out things that are real and that actually happen to people. And there's nothing wrong with people knowing that this happened because maybe, just maybe it will prevent them from repeating the cycle. Yeah. But if we don't acknowledge that this thing happened and that you had a whole, you know, group of people who were, you know, oppressed in this way, we don't acknowledge that. Then there's no there's no reason that the kids who are coming up now are going to be able to say, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that. Remember, remember our ancestors did that a long time ago. No, we're not doing that. Right. No, it just gives that privilege room to breathe. Mm-hmm. And it's just. 
man, it's dangerous. Well, we I'm in Georgia. We don't have the um, I'm going to double check, though, but <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think it's a requirement because they're still very, you know, they're they like they they like their Bible around here. So hopefully the people will <laughs> will speak up against that, you know, because we're right here in the Bible Belt. But man, Illinois, where anything goes, <laughs> man, and you know, more Illinois, like Jesus, help yeah. us. Uh, yeah. I know one place I would never go is California, and I always said that. But Illinois, California, and New York are pretty much the same at this point. Yeah. California and New York are really, really extreme. California, I'm like you. You ain't never got to worry about me living there. Mm-mm. Beautiful place, but yeah, living I'll there. I'll come visit. <laughs> you know, like, no. Yeah. Um, no. But Illinois is rapidly becoming, like, you know, we got picked to be the spot for the Democratic Convention next year. Oh, joy. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, yeah, how appropriate at this stage. And most of the cities that you see that have, you know, progressive leadership have some of the highest crime rates. Like Chicago is off the chain right now. It's really Mm. sad. And this is where I'm talking about where there has to be balance of thought. Because whatever these progressive agendas are, they aren't working. And they're very detrimental to our kids and to us. (laughs) Um, And then the other side, we can't have all of our kids' history pulled out of schools either. Right. Some of the stuff they're trying to do. So, yeah. Anywho. Back to homeschooling, which you mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. And this is why homeschooling is so important. Yeah. Like, when I decided to do it, it was for all of these cultural reasons, and I just didn't want to look up and see my child eaten up alive by the culture. Yeah. Um, because when you think about it, our kids spend about 8 to 12 hours a day, five days a week, away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to think about who they're with during that time, what they're being taught, you know. So the reason I said eight to twelve hours is because you know you've got the school day, but then they may have before school, they may have after school care, yeah. um, may have any extracurricular activities after school, um, practice, you know. So that ends up yeah. a little bit longer, um, and then they come home to you and they eat dinner, and it's time mm-hmm. to take their bath and go to bed and start all over again the next day. Exactly. And then you take them to church on Sunday and they color a picture of Noah's Ark. And then they go back into school with, you know, all this crazy stuff being taught in the culture and all of this stuff. So for me, um, for those reasons, as well as for academic reasons, I'm a former public school teacher. I used to teach special education in Chicago public schools. So I have seen some of everything. Yeah. So when I made the decision to homeschool, I didn't even have kids at the time. I had my first. You just child. knew. I just knew. I just. I was mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, I had my first child in 2016. I made the decision to walk away from education in 2014. Yeah. And people were like, "Well, how'd you get your husband on board with the homeschooling?" I came home and I told him we're homeschooling. <laughs> this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, so what happens is, you know, when we have kids, don't we even have kids yet. When we have kids, don't worry about it. I got it. They're not going to school. Yeah. 
They're just and that's powerful too, coming from someone who was in the system as an yeah. educator, you know, that you um, wouldn't support that for your own children. I think that that's anybody who's listening should be like, mm, that's big. A lot of, but there's a lot of teachers that are leaving the profession. And True. a lot of them are not only leaving the profession, but they're turning into homeschool moms. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that should be a red flag to people like, hmm, I wonder why that is. Yeah. Um, because we've seen the worst of what the system has to offer. And it's not even just about, um, we see all sides of the issue. Mm-hmm. We see things that are failures on the administrative end. Right. Um, we see behaviors of the students becoming increasingly, increasingly terrible. There's too many stories to name all over the country of teachers being attacked in the classroom by their students. Mm-hmm. And it's like the kids have all the rights and the teachers don't. And then even them asking teachers to um, to like maybe, you know, have some type of special weapons training for, you know, if there's a an active shooter event and all. I'm like, mm, that's not their job. Yeah, that's, that's not their job. Like, no, that's a lot. It's, it's getting to be a lot. So we have to worry now. Right. So now we have to be concerned about threats inside of the school because mm-hmm. little lovelies are having all of these mental health issues which started before the pandemic really but the pandemic just shook the jar yeah and exposed a lot of what was already there yeah um parents are just feeling like i send my child to school they your responsibility it's not Mm a a partnership where you know teacher and parent are working together to Mm -hmm. create the best outcome for this child Basically, I said on another thread this week, I said being a teacher is a lot like being in an abusive narcissistic relationship. Oh, your feelings are never valid. No one cares about anything you have to say. You are everybody's favorite punching bag and favorite scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody ever takes any accountability for their actions. No consequences are ever given. Um until you do something and then right. all the consequences in the world are going to follow fall upon you mm-hmm. when you finally give these kids what they've been asking for and i said it on the thread that was in relation to this instance where this girl attacked a substitute teacher because she pulled out her phone in class and every handbook in every school in america talks about cell phone usage in class and how it's not allowed. Correct. Now, you can make an exception because now sometimes it may be a part of the lesson. They may ask you to have it out for something. But once they tell you to put it up, that's that. You can't be on your Facebook or TikTok right. scrolling when you're supposed to be learning. Mm-hmm. Once she asked her to put that phone up, that should have been it. End of the discussion. Yeah. But she got up out of her seat and cussing and fussing went behind that teacher's desk. You never go behind a teacher's no. desk. No. Never. So now she's behind the desk and this teacher is cornered up against the wall. Mm-hmm. She's trying to physically snatch something out of an adult's hand. It's confiscated. Your mom yeah. picks it up at the end of the day when she comes and picks you up. Mm-hmm. No, you're not but getting this is- I think this speaks to them not having boundaries, right? Or not understanding 
And if the rest of society is not showing them that there is a line that you just do not cross, like there are rules in place for a reason. It's for protection. It's not to say, oh, well, you can't do this because I don't want you to be great. No, it's if everybody did this, if everybody was wilding out like this, then how could we contain it? How could we control it? So if the rule is you cannot go behind a desk or you cannot have the phone, then the kids need to understand Mm -hmm. that you don't just get to do what you want. But if they're seeing everybody else just do what they want with no run up on, on, you know, on the Capitol and not have any type of repercussions for it. Then they feel like, well, why can't you run up on the teacher? And it's not right. It's not right, but it is a bigger problem. Yeah. Now I'm not, I'm not a person that just condones violence. Yeah. If you're physically attacked Mm -hmm. at that point, your fight or flight is going to kick in. Right. You have to defend yourself. And everybody can Monday morning quarterback the situation and say she's a grown woman. She should not have fought that child like that. She should have did this. She should have did that. But until it's you Mm -hmm. in that situation. And then she was a substitute. These kids are pretty terrible to their regular teachers. Yeah. But when it's a substitute, they pull out the worst behavior they have and throw it at the subs. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's no telling what she had been dealing with all day leading up to that point. And now here's this little girl running up on her and you could tell she didn't want to fight her because mm-hmm. she was pushing her hand back. She said, don't touch me. Mm-hmm. And the girl is still grabbing, pushing, shoving, trying to get the phone. And she said, I said, don't touch me. Now that was the second warning. She's mm-hmm. still trying to do it. So the first time, the last time she pushed her away a little more forcefully. Yeah. Like, Girl, like, don't (laughs) if you don't back back. (laughs) And she gave her that look that every black mama gives their child. Like, girl, Mm -hmm. what is wrong with you? You know, like, what is going on? Everybody know the look. Everybody know the look. (laughs) That girl, she didn't know the look because she thought that look meant less rumble. So Mm -hmm. the last time the teacher did that, she cocked back her hand and swung. Well, now what? Because what I'm not going to do is sit and get my butt kicked in front of a classroom full of people. Nope. I got to defend myself. I got to defend myself. And if anybody said they wouldn't do the same thing, they lying. Of course they are. Of course they are. Why? And for what purpose? Yeah. Like, we can be real about it. It's not that we're trying to justify that, like, oh, it was great for her to fight this student. No, it was necessary for her to defend herself. Like, we're we're speaking to the wrong narrative, right? It's not that she, like, went and started a problem with this young lady. She was really trying to defend herself. And she didn't have the room to do that. It was like, well, she didn't have to fight her. She could have just restrained her. She could have just did this or she could have just did that. And I'm like, first of all, she blocked the girl's swing in midair because I'm like, this teacher must have had some brothers growing up. She, she, <laughs> she ran up on the right one that day. <laughs> and she was going to try to block the other hand and, you know, restrain mm-hmm. her. She did pop her back yeah. and she grabbed her. But the little girl grabbed the front of her braids and pulled her to the ground. I saw it on the video. Mm. Now, that put the little girl at a disadvantage because then <laughs> she pulled the teacher down on top of her. Right. Um, and she did have to basically fight for her life at the point because the little girl would not let go of her hair. She did a Facebook Live video talking about it. And she did like this. And like mm-hmm. all her edges on this side is missing. Because that little girl pulled her braids, which had yeah. her hair attached, so she had right. no edges on that part. 
Oh my gosh. And everybody's like, well, why does she have to keep hitting her? Because she wouldn't let her hair go. <laughs> like, you don't snatch. You you don't snatch. Go. I'm just trying to survive here. Right. It's like, it's no rules to fighting at this point. Like, once you yeah. step into an adult role and you're fighting someone as if you're an adult, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, like listening to people actually say all these comments defending the student's behavior, it was very disheartening to me. And I said, see, this is why myself and a mm-hmm. lot of other teachers like me have walked out of the classroom and refused to go back into it. Yeah. And the reality is that even if she had just restrained her, somebody would have been like, she ain't got a man handle her like that. It would have been something. That's yeah. what I mean by it feels like yeah. being in a narcissistic abusive relationship. Like it's always yeah. your fault, no matter yeah. what. Uh, the kid comes to school, they don't do their work. You know, you try to call the parents to conference the parent, give you the bill collector treatment, ignore all your phone calls. <laughs> don't come to report card pickup. Don't come That's to nothing. Little Johnny gets an F. Now the yeah. parent want to come up to school cussing and fussing. Why my son get it? Why you ain't tell me? Give my child an F. You mean why did your son earn an F? Mm. I had to call you all semester and tell you he is failing and come, you know, like if they don't do well on their tests, it's like everything, everybody wants to ping it back. The teacher didn't do this. The teacher didn't teach. The teacher didn't, mm-hmm. you know, when the, do, when do parents take accountability for their actions? When do students take accountability for their actions? Right. You know? And for people who are not in a position to be able to homeschool, because it is great. I think that that's like next year. <laughs> but for those who cannot, even having a conversation with the teacher to let them know, like you said, that it's a partnership. Yeah. Go into the school, join your PTA, see what's going on. Listen, me joining the PTA was one of the best things I ever did for my kids because mm-hmm. those teachers, they knew me. Yeah. And, um, because of other PTA moms who had already been there a long time, they were like, oh, well, let's give me a lowdown on the teachers. Mm-hmm. They tell me about the principal who I need to talk to. It was a resource for yeah. me to help my student, for, for me to help my kids. So I think just having those conversations, like, don't be scared. Don't give them the bill collector treatment. Like, right. Show your you family. involved in your kid's life. Yeah, absolutely. It's not all on the teacher. Like, yes, I, I do think of it like, well, when they're with you, I'm, they're in your care. Yeah. So I want them to, I want to know that they are being cared for by people who, you know, will see about them, but they're not your responsibility. So, so they, they cutting up. Yeah, I want you to know you can call me. I'm coming. Like even when I was working a full time job, like I would pull up in that city truck so quick. Like what? What did she do? What happened? Let me know because you got to know that you have to let them know that you're there. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be supportive. Yeah, but I think homeschooling is a great option for Mm -hmm. people because you get to kind of dictate well what they're learning and you can incorporate all kinds of things into their education it doesn't just have to be you know your science reading um you know english and what is it social studies and math right it doesn't have to just be those five subjects because i know here they say well you have to have those included well okay yeah i'm gonna teach them how to read and write don't worry but i'm also going to teach them about life I want to teach them about financial literacy because why are we not teaching them that in schools? You know that's what I mean? Right. These kids, that's, a, that's a big part. Yeah. That they need to then know. They, they graduate and they don't know what to do with themselves. They get, you know, they get credit cards because the first thing that happens when they go off to college is it Ooh. all the credit card companies and they have, mm-hmm. so they're already in debt because a lot of them don't have, you know, like um, students, um, what do they call it? Like scholarships and stuff. If they don't have scholarships and they're already in debt with student loans, 
but they're not thinking about it like that. Then they get a credit card and they don't know how to handle it. We need to be teaching our kids financial literacy. Absolutely. Because how many generations are we going to keep just letting them figure it out on their own? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, stuff that now, if you want to put something as a mandatory graduation requirement, put financial literacy classes. That's what needs to be a mandatory graduation requirement. Mm -hmm. Um, and with homeschooling, yeah, you can customize your child's education. I actually did a TEDx talk called Let's Normalize Homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And I talk about all of that. Um, oh, well, we'll link that down, too. We'll link that yes. below. Yeah. Um, it's a, and I think that now more and more people, the fastest growing group of homeschooling parents is the black community. Yeah. Whereas before, if you told somebody you were homeschooling as a black person, like your family members will be looking at you like, are you serious? But yeah. now more and more and more of us are starting to see that it's an option. And mm-hmm. that was the whole point of my TEDx talk was that just look at it as another education option. You got public school, you got private school, you got homeschool, period. Yeah. It shouldn't be like this taboo thing like, oh, you tell somebody you're homeschooling this, like, oh, what about socialization? Or, mm-hmm. oh, it is going to be weird or Oh, no, it's because <laughs> we always thought that like when, yeah. someone, when I was growing up and there was someone being homeschooled, like, are they sick? What's wrong? Can they not play with the rest of us? Like, we always just thought it was something, you know, not normal to do. But <laughs> turns out <laughs> might actually be better. Yeah. Plus, they graduate at higher rates, too, right? Like they graduate earlier mm-hmm. because earlier. They, are, mm-hmm. they can dual enroll into mm-hmm. a community college. And so by the time they're done with high school, they also have an associate's degree all at like 16, 17 years old. See, that's... And then so, they can have like a little gap year, work a little job and save up and then transfer into a four-year university later. So it's a whole lot of different options that they can do. And for you, you said that you um, homeschooled your children from the very beginning. So they they only yeah. know homeschooling. Yeah. Well, what would you recommend for people who they have their kids in school, mm-hmm. um, but they maybe want to transition them out into a homeschooling experience? Do you think there's like a time point where it's like, no, it's too late. Just let them keep going to school or. No, it's not too late. Like you can literally go to the first thing I tell people to do is go to um, HSLDA. It's an organization called Homeschool legal defense association Um, but on there they have like a lot of faqs and different things and there's a link on there where you can look at the homeschool laws for your state because it varies from state to state right um illinois is like one of the easiest states in the country right now to homeschool in we are fighting to keep it that way um But essentially what you would do here is you would withdraw your child from school Mm -hmm. and um, you don't have to say, and I would suggest that you don't say, oh, I'm homeschooling them now. I don't. That's not, that's none of their business. (laughs) Um, You just withdraw them and say, you know, they're going to private school. And in, in Illinois, homeschooling is just considered a private school option. Okay. Well, in Georgia, they actually, you have to fill out a declaration. So there is um, some type of form that you have to fill out to say, yes, I will be, you know, homeschooling my child. But other than that, they don't check to see, like, you just have to be there a certain amount of days. I think it's 120 days for the year um, that you're required to have education. It needs to be at least four hours a day. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, so it's relatively simple. You just send them, let them know, Hey, I'm withdrawing my student. Mm-hmm. I will be homeschooling. Um, and they're, but they're not calling to like check and like, Oh, so how's the homeschool? No, they're not doing any of that stuff. So yeah, I definitely, but they also hear, um, like in the County that we're in, they have a virtual Academy. Yeah. Again, it's oh, really? their curriculum. <laughs> it's their <laughs> curriculum. Um, but it is, they, they get to do it from home. So there's there's that option, too. I think other places are doing that, whether it's a virtual academy for them. So I don't know. But there's a lot of options if you want to, you know, get your kids away from all the influences at school, because it's already so hard to control what they watch on these tiny little screens. Right. Um, and like monitoring that all the time, like, OK, give me the phone, give me the phone. Let me see what you're watching, what you're doing. Yeah. That's hard enough. But when they're at school, we really have no idea what they're being exposed to. The teachers don't even know, truthfully. <laughs> they don't even, because they're focused on, you know, on trying to educate your children, not referee them or, you know, that's yeah. not what they're supposed to be doing. But absolutely. Yeah. So that's so definitely that's consider you, homeschooling. Right. That's how you start and learn your laws because you don't want to mm-hmm. do everything that's within the law. You don't want to have to deal with CPS knocking on your door. Correct. Um, after you do that, you need to, I would say, figure out what kind of homeschooling you want to do. There's all di- different kinds of styles, and you mm-hmm. kind of play with it and see what's best for you or what works best for your child. Like, you may try one thing, and you may be like, this is not working. If it's not working, stop doing it and do something yeah. That's okay. the beauty of homeschooling is that you can change curriculums dead in the middle of the school year, dead in the middle of a semester. I don't like this curriculum no more. I found something else that works better. Let me do that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you do need to do record keeping. Okay. To me, um, having a curriculum, some people like to just not really use curriculum, just kind of go with the flow and have student-led learning and all that. For me personally, that makes it harder to record keep. And so I like having a curriculum. And I mm-hmm. think that's too because of my background as a school teacher and just used to working from a curriculum. Right. Um, and so that makes it, if somebody asks to see what I've been teaching my child, I can go and get books and show them this is what mm-hmm. we've been working on. If somebody asks for proof of what's being taught. And I think that that's important. Those books that came out, they're like years old. Um, what every blank grader needs to know. And it's just mm-hmm. you know, second grader, third grader, whatever. Whatever okay. grade your child is in, I tell people to get the book for that grade. Um, excuse me. Sorry. No, and no. then the reason I tell them to do that is because once you know what they need to know for that grade, how you get there is up to you. Okay, these are the things I need to know, and then I can get creative on how I'm going to teach them. So, yeah. And do you guys get to do, like, a lot of um, experiential learning? Like, you take them on different trips and stuff like that so they can actually, like, be immersed in an experience rather than just learning from a book? Yes, and that is, okay, so in Chicago, it's freaking freezing for like about six to seven months out of the year. <laughs> Our winters in Chicago are long and horrible, but 
uh, whenever we can, we get out. Like now the weather is breaking. The sun is kind of spring, you know. Um, so we're going out and doing more field trips. I always tell people if you're going to decide to homeschool, don't homeschool in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Find other homeschool moms okay. and get with them and go on trips with them because then that's how they get the socialization in. They're right. making friends, you know, find a co-op to join. Uh, we go on field trips. We go to the apple orchard. We've been to the museum, different things, and just get out and about in nature. Like a lot of times they're around the neighborhood where we live, there's like these forest preserves and stuff. And so mm-hmm. we can just go on nature walks and, and that that's a science lesson. You're yeah. <laughs> talking about the different flowers that are coming up. So you can really get creative with it. And I really like it. And it also has helped us bond more as a family too. Yeah. And so co-op, those are like cooperative learning communities. Is that what yeah. it is? Okay. Yeah. So there's a lady, the lady that runs the co-op that I'm in, her name is Latasha Fields. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been homeschooling for like 22 years. She wow. pulled her daughter out of school when her daughter was about the age of your kids now. Mm-hmm. And her daughter has graduated college. Uh, she's in business. She's doing a phenomenal job. And then she's got four other kids coming up behind her that she's homeschooling as well. And she started a co-op. We meet at her house in her basement. She also um, has a private school that she runs. So our co-op meets on Wednesdays and Fridays. But then from Monday through Friday, she teaches. There's a couple of single moms that really wanted to homeschool, but, you know, they have to work because they're single moms. And so she homeschools their kids while they're at work. Now, obviously, she can't take on a big caseload because space is limited, but that's something that she does also. So you can just look around and see what groups are meeting near you. Mm -hmm. Um, Ask at the library because a lot of homeschool groups may meet at the library because it's a free public space. And so the librarian may have some information on whether or not there's a homeschool group meeting there that you can connect with. Okay. And we have a great library here. They're, and oh my, those ladies are awesome. So I will definitely ask them. I never you thought know, HSLDA, that. they have, like, if you click on your state, it'll list homeschooling groups in your state as well, too. Okay. Yeah. That's very, that's good. That's very helpful. Thank you. So, okay. I have so many links to put down now. <laughs> <laughs> we got to link the books. We got to link the TED Talk, the HSLDA, right? We got to yeah. link all of that stuff. So that's awesome. But, the, but then these are resources, right? So not only like in this one conversation did we learn about like how to go about homeschooling our children and the importance of homeschooling our children, but then also like about being virtuous, you know, and yeah. how to be a virtuous woman in the, in the 20th century. So Wow. Or the 21st one. So, yeah, look at all this that we learned in this one conversation. This has been really, really good. And I and we had we talked a little bit before this because of some technical issues. But um, but I appreciate you being here. I know that you're not feeling well. So um, so thank you for doing it, even though you weren't feeling 100 percent. I appreciate you, girl. Oh, no Um, problem. I got to let you know, every now and then I got to let the devil know he don't run nothing. Hello, hello. Because sometimes he forget and he want to get out of pocket. Like, mm. right. like <laughs> I've been feeling fine all week, and then as soon as it's time for my podcast interview, uh, uh-uh. we don't run nothing. Shoot, I'm gonna bring this box of Kleenex down here and do what it do. Thank you. 
<laughs> I love it. That is amazing. I appreciate you. This has been a great, I could probably still talk to you for like another hour, but I'm not going <laughs> to take up more of your time because I appreciate the time that you have given. So thank you so much for being thank on the you. show. Um, and I really, I, I would, if you open to it, I would love to, I would love to have you on again. Cause I think this was oh, really absolutely. good. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. Let me know when and where, and I'll be there. Okay, awesome. Thank you so, so much. So for everybody who's listening, thank you for Nakia Young being here. This was an amazing experience and I will leave all the links below, but you can tell them right now where to find you on social media. Absolutely. So you can find me, I'm on Instagram at Coach Nakia. Um, My name is spelled N-I-K-E-Y-A. And then also I have two pages. So Coach Nakia is my personal page. And then my business is called Victorious Living Solutions. And so you can find me on Instagram at that handle as well. Um, I'm also on my website, www.victoriouslivingsolutions.com. It's a podcast. It's a whole transformative coaching company that helps high potential leaders to live victoriously. That's Um, awesome. Oh yeah, that's where you can find me on everything. Yeah. Animal oh my god, TikTok. I almost TikTok. forgot. <laughs> <laughs> the animal TikTok. I I got on TikTok reluctantly. I was like, oh, I don't want to, but now I like it. It's really fun. You do. As well, let's hope they don't get rid of it because I mean, it seems girl. to be doing good, especially for like coaches. You know, in yeah. that space, it's like you can find your direct um, people to talk to your community. But yeah, it's really helpful. Yeah. Get it while you can. I almost, <laughs> I almost forgot. I always do a segment called Wait When Mommy Mogul Minute. And Ooh. in this segment, <laughs> if you can either share like a funny story, because this is just relatability, right? So people know that like we're totally human and we're totally doing this mothering thing out here. So like a funny situation that happened with your kids where you had to like either get them together or they just did something that like just blew your mind. Like it was like, oh my God, like, where did you even think to do that? Or like a mom hack. So like for me, um, my mom hacks are, I barely do laundry. I use a company called Sudshare and they pick my laundry up and that has like saved my life. And then okay. um, I use Walmart like uh, delivery and pickup so that I don't have to like go in Walmart because that saves me hours of time. So either one, you can tell a funny story or a mom hack. Okay. Um well, my mom heck is homeschooling, so that's why. There you go. <laughs> um, but I got funny stories for days. Okay, so I have the twins I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. They are as different as different can be. Um, super fraternal. The one that looks like me is is Miss Facial Expressions, and as you can tell, how she's feeling. So Nisi, she's a lot smarter than she lets on. Mm. Nisi just started walking back in the fall. Now, mm-hmm. I told you she was three. Yeah. So this girl is like well over the age of two, still not walking. Mm. And I so? am freaking out. I'm freaking out because I'm like, you know, okay, every child goes at their own pace. But like, girl, come on now. <laughs> what is what is you doing? Like, so right. I'm taking her to the doctor. He's checking her out. He's like, there's nothing wrong with it. She'll just do it when she's ready. We ain't so trying to get we go to, I'm not <laughs> trying to get We go to visit a French church because their baby is getting christened. 
and she's clapping her hands during the praise and worship. She loves the music. As soon as they stop singing, she hollers because she's like, she wants them to keep singing. She's like, what is all this preaching stuff? I ain't come here to hear that. So I had to take her out to church. Um, and we then she just wouldn't stop crying. So I spent the rest of the time listening to service from the hallway. Mm-hmm. I put her down on the floor and she just stood up and walked across the room. And I was like, <laughs> that ain't a first time walk. You've been doing no, this. No, no. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I told my husband, I said, I think that she's pulling our leg and she knows how to walk, but she's mm-hmm. really smart. And she knows yeah. that if she walks, we won't pick her up anymore. And mm-hmm. so I think she's just pretending and she's known how to walk this whole time. Because <laughs> sometimes I would go in her room and I would see her standing up. And when mm-hmm. I would open the door, she would sit down. Mm-hmm. Walk, but see, that day when she just kind of forgot and just got yes. up across the room, I was like, you little turd. You knew how to <laughs> <laughs> I knew you could walk. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Oh, oh my gosh. Yo, kids do the craziest things. They do. The craziest things. Yeah. Wow. And that type of brilliance is like... One time, my um, my daughter, the youngest one, she was maybe about two at the time, mm-hmm. and um, she was on her tablet, and the tablet died, and her sister had walked away, but her sister's tablet was on the sofa, and if I had not seen it, Nikki, I would not, you couldn't tell me that this happened, right? I, if I didn't see it with my own two eyes, I would say you was lying, and she looked to see where the sister was, saw the sister was gone, went, snatched the sister's tablet, threw the other one in place, and sat down like nothing even happened. <laughs> and I was like, well, who taught her how to do that? <laughs> but she knew she had to be sneaky about it and just threw the dead one so her sister would come back and think hers was dead. So <laughs> these, kids, <laughs> these kids will, they will do some crazy, crazy stuff. But I appreciate you sharing that because that is hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> she knew how to walk this whole time. The whole time. I fool you. Don't, is she walking now, though? Like she's <laughs> Good. She also acted like she didn't know how to feed herself. That was another thing she did. She wants the attention, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want all the nurturing. She wouldn't hold her bottle until, like, well after she turned one. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, something is wrong with my baby. Like, she should be hitting these milestones. Yeah. She, you try to put her hands on the bottle, she go like this. <laughs> and really, she was like, no, you do it. Just you yeah. do it. You it like, I, if I shouldn't have to do it. Yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to walk. Yeah, you've been picking me up all this time. You've been feeding me all this time. Like, what is this yeah. independent stuff? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so we would have to put the bottle to her lips and then just sit it down in front of her. And she would just, <laughs> oh, she was just so mad. And then one day she was just like, she just snatched the bottle, just like, hold on. Yeah. Like, well, fine then. <laughs> you little brat, we're not feeding you no more. <laughs> So now she got attitude with it. Like <laughs> that is my funny mo- mommy moment. Is that child acting like she does not know how to do stuff, knowing full well that she can? Mm-hmm. It's so, just, yeah. Oh my that god! Make sure that mommy has a strong relationship with the Lord. That's yes. <laughs> 
every well, mommy, every mommy has one. Every mommy has one. Yes, she's mine. <laughs> you always know. And then they're like, "Oh, well, you have favorites." No, I don't have favorites. It's just that some are easier than others. It's not a favorite. <laughs> some are easier than others. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's yeah. all. But thank you so much, Nikki. I appreciate you being here. We'll do it again. Awesome. For sure. Thank you for we'll having do me. It again. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you.